Welcome to the Auto Success Executive Spotlight. Today, my guest is John McAdams. He's the Vice President of Social Dealer. I'm your host, Brian Ankney. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great, uh, great facility. It's, uh, it's beautiful. I'm glad you were able to make it into town for this interview today. Uh, before we jump into the business side of it, uh, could you share with us a little bit about yourself and your career path and how you uh, got to where you are today with Social Dealer? Yeah, I don't think my story's uh, much different than a lot of people that got into the car business, right? Um, I started in the early 90s. Uh, I saw an ad to make a bunch of money during the week and get a car. And I needed a bunch of money, and I needed a car, so I thought it was a great opportunity. Uh, rolled up into the dealership. The wonderful woman at the front said, go see the guy in the corner. Um, I walked over to him. I said, I'm here for the job. He said, do you have a license? I said, yes. He said, you're hired. I said, great. This is the <laughs> easiest job interview I ever had. Um, and that really began my journey in the car business, right? And I think once you're stung by the car business and it's in your blood, you never really get it out, right? Like no matter what, you're going to be in the car business for a while once you're stung. Yeah. Um, so I went through, um, you know, salesperson to sales manager to general sales manager. Um, and then uh, at that time, I was offered a job to become the top, uh, an e-commerce director for a top 25 dealer group. Um, and at that time, like, the Internet and digital was brand new, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it was like, do we have brick and mortar? Do we need a website? Do we not need a website? What's this weird Google thing? Like, it was kind of weird at the time, right? I was on Metacrawl and Alta Vista, you know, and then there's this Google thing. Um, and then I did a, such a great job there setting the digital up and doing BDCs and things like that that mm -hmm. um, a vendor came and said, hey, could you do this you know, for other dealers across the country? And uh, I said, yeah, let's take the show on the road, basically. I think we'll leave retail. We'll go on the vendor side. Um, and that was fantastic for a, a, a long time because back then I was really helping dealers manage show them traffic control and sales management and processes and people and really getting that part of the business into technology. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, uh, and then a friend of mine who had a bunch of stores uh, asked me if I could come run their stores for them because they weren't uh, in a great spot. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I thought long and hard about going back into retail. And like I said, once the car business is in your blood, it's in your blood. And I said yes. So I showed up on the ground. I became the GM over five stores overnight. Um, they were all really not doing great. They all needed to have refreshes or buildings built or things like that. Um, and I realized at that point that, uh, that I would love the car business so much that I was willing to go back into it and take that challenge and move them out of the red into the black. Mm -hmm. uh, three years later, you know, uh, fast forward, you know, into the black, it was time to turn the keys back over. And uh, I was approached by Social Dealer to, uh, to really uh, expand the awareness of social in the automotive space. Mm -hmm. uh, they knew that I used social at those stores to gain the traction, the momentum I needed um, because the other mediums were probably just too expensive. I didn't have that large ad budget. Uh, fast forward, here I am today, Vice President of Social Dealer, and uh, loving every minute of it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the question I'd like to ask is one that's probably top of mind to a lot of people, is, is how, how does social sell cars? How do we know it sells cars? And, and what are the metrics that you look at? No, that's a great question, right? So um, you're not alone, uh, mm -hmm. and most dealers are not alone in that either. So uh, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, uh, Facebook approached us, and, and said, we have a bunch of car dealers asking us to social sell cars. Now, we had been selling social and working with dealers for 15 years, but now it became really prominent, right? Now social became a, a media of its own. Um, and we created a podcast with 
Facebook called, but does it sell cars? Because that was the number one question we all were receiving. Mm -hmm. Does social sell cars? The short answer is yes, but there's many highways to get from the East Coast to the West Coast or to get from Chicago to Houston, right? A lot of highways we can do. And the internet and social is no different. So how do you sell cars on social and service cars and do it profitably on social? It's not a tough question as long as you know what the dealer is looking for, mm-hmm. right? If they are looking for leads, yes, social me- leads, social media sells leads, right? They can create leads directly in your CRM and your BDC to work. Do you want that traffic to not generate a lead and go right to your BDP or SRP? Yeah, all day long, as long as you know the conversion rate of what that website looks like, right? So keep in mind, social media has really become of age really because, not because of COVID, but because people have shifted and the fish has shifted to a different pond, right? Social is on everybody's phone. Everybody pretty much turns to social. We spend about three or four hours a day on social. Some apps even longer, right? I think a stat I heard on TikTok was that they spend uh, on average of 30 hours a month on TikTok. So it doesn't make sense for a car dealer to make sure that their brand is showing up on those medias where people are spending their most time. Mm-hmm. The, that may not be the 6 o'clock news. It may not be some of the medias that we're used to anymore. It just means as car dealers, we need to focus and shift with where our consumers are most likely to spend their most time. Some of the key indicators are leads. Do you want leads? Great. Social ads can drive leads. Do you want traffic? And if so, that's a KPI, right? Well, how much unique visitor traffic was generated by social media to your website? And then I'll ask you the question, well, how many of that converted? And how many pages did they visit? And how long did they spend? And what was the bounce rate? So all the KPIs that we're used to in digital exist in social. Mm-hmm. We just have to look at it from a different, a different lens or a different perspective. Yeah, you know, we've, we've had, you know, at Babcox, we've had a lot of success with social. Um, you know, we create a ton of videos here, yeah. and we, we took our, our audiences and we, we uploaded them into social, and, and it's, it's absolutely amazing. Like, in, in five days, you can boost a campaign and get 11,000 car dealers to watch a video. It's yeah. like, holy moly, like, yeah. who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the early days, it was all about boosting, right? And then, and then all of a sudden, we all realized that we could upload a CSV or an Excel file to Facebook and do a, a match, and then after that, it became... Can I find lookalike audiences, right? So mm-hmm. Brian buys a car from me, and he lives in my town. I want to upload that to social media and find more people like Brian who drive my brand or have an interest in my brand and market to them to come to my store, right? It's so far past that now with custom audiences that um, – and certainly you can still do bespoke and lookalike audiences if you do. Mm-hmm. But now you get really segmented, right, if you're looking for – FICO-based customers, either prime or subprime, doesn't matter, it's available. If you're looking for early lease termination or early finance, right, or just recently out of term or in bankruptcy, out of bankruptcy, you're looking for people who may have bought a car from you but haven't been back in for service in six months. Before they defect, you want to reach out to them and offer them the 1999 oil change, mm-hmm. right? You have to take that last shot before you lose them to a, an independent somewhere, right? So. When you think about social media, think about data and consumers and who you want to reach and with what message. Because everything I just mentioned would have a different creative piece, right? If you're subprime, that message would be all applications accepted. If you're prime, I already know my application's accepted. The question is, will you give me a great experience while I'm there? So those messages on social media will be different based on those audiences. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Well, 
you know, it seems like every other day there's another social media. You know, I, I you know, I'll talk to my niece and my nephew, yeah. and, and they're like, "Oh, Uncle Brian, are, are you on yeah. this? Are you on that?" And I'm like, "I don't even know what that is." Yeah. There's yeah. so many of them now, and, yeah. and you know, for a car dealer, you know, do they need to be on all of them? And which ones do they really need to focus on? Like, which are the ones that you absolutely can't not be there? Yeah, another great question. I, I will tell you this: um, a long time ago, a manager at a car dealership who I look up to taught me something. And he said, John, never pre-qualify anybody who rolls up on the lot or you talk to on the phone. Because you don't know that could be your next sale, right? So don't pre-qualify them because they came in a whoop ride or they look like they just got off the beach. Don't pre-qualify anybody, right? Make sure you go through all the steps with everybody in order to get to the road to the sale. Social is the same way. Do you need to be on every channel? I would say this. I'm on Facebook, I'm on TikTok, and I'm on LinkedIn. Those are my channels, right? Mm-hmm. So you, sh- you should hit me on those channels. But there's a whole segment that's on Pinterest. For example, Pinterest is 85% female-dominated, right? Mm-hmm. So although you won't find me on Pinterest, you'll find a whole audience on Pinterest. So now you say, okay, John, I need Facebook, I need LinkedIn, I need TikTok, and I need Pinterest. Well, what about Snapchat audiences, which are, you know, 18 to 42? Do I need those or, you know... Should I, you know, put posts on Google business profiles? So it's not that you need them all, but it's not that you should shy away from them either, right? Mm -hmm. What I would probably caution dealers is, is don't run for the shiny lure channel today. Wait for it to get a little mature, right? And that maturity could come in a month. It could come in a year, but keep an eye on it, right? Uh, On the way here today or yesterday, I received an invite for somebody to, for me to join a new social channel that I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the social business. And I hesitated. And I said, well, do I need another channel or not? I already have these other channels. So I'm going to look at it for a little bit. I'm going to decide whether I personally want to be on that channel or not. But from a dealership perspective, you should be on what I call the, the big five. You should be on Facebook, which is tied to Instagram, right? They're tied at the hip. You should definitely be on TikTok. You should definitely be on Snapchat. And you should definitely be on Pinterest, right? The Twitters, the LinkedIn's, they all have a spot, but those in particular are the ones that are driving the most eyeballs right now. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, TikTok is dominating, right? Where Facebook was really, you know, the, the prime player of the group, yep. TikTok has come out of nowhere. It's the most downloaded app in 2022, right? It's got 500 million people on it. It's not something we should ignore as dealers, but I'm going to tell you each channel has its own demographic. So if I'm driving a really powerful sports car, I would probably have that on TikTok and Facebook because it's a cool thing. I get a video of a cool car running down the highway Mm -hmm. or on a track. That will not work on Pinterest because the demographic is different on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. What works on Pinterest is safety, features, reliability, things like that work on Pinterest. So they get pinned. So it's not important of whether you're in the channel or not. It's important to know what demographic is in each channel and then target your audience with the right marketing message mm-hmm. so that it resonates with them so they can take action and come back to your store. That's more important than should I be on every channel? Because if you put the same thing on Facebook, forgetting technicalities, and you plash them across five different channels, I guarantee you it will fail. It's not meant to do that, right? Every demographic is different. Facebook's different than TikTok, different than Snapchat, different than Pinterest, mm-hmm. different than Instagram. So it's important to get the right creative message to the right audience on the right channel at the right time. Well, you know, 
the, the TikTok really has has taken over. I mean, three years ago when we would sell video, people are like, what do you mean I, I shouldn't have a four-minute video? And yeah. I'm like, well, let's yeah. try to get it two to three. Yeah. Now I have people calling us all the time, hey, can, can you shoot a video, a 15-second, 30-second, and one-minute version? Yeah. And it's like it, TikTok really you know, educated the entire world in, in a year, sure. in a year. Yeah. It changed everything. Yeah. Well, you know, Reels is trying to do the same thing, right? They're on the coattails of TikTok. But yeah, listen, uh, I think everybody's time is important and valuable. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me personally to spend two, three, or four minutes on a video, it had better been be exceptionally great, which is not really the case with social media, right? It's very quick snippets of information or entertainment while I'm trying to do something else or while I'm waiting for something. So when I go back to the airport, I will probably thumb through my newsfeed and Facebook and certainly be on TikTok, right? If I'm not on the calls and doing my emails, which I mm-hmm. always get done. But that's how we consume our entertainment. And quite frankly, some of us consume our news that way, right? So, uh, so keep your videos short. Keep them entertaining. Um, you know, you have the ability on some of these channels to upload your inventory to those channels. For example, Facebook and TikTok and Snapchat. Mm-hmm. It works really well on Facebook because it's more of a infotainment kind of a channel, right? Information-based Facebook. TikTok is 100% entertainment, right? I probably don't need to see your 14 particular model vehicles in my feed in TikTok. But let's take, for an example, you know, you're a Bronco or Wrangler dealer, right? Cool cars. They can have great videos of, you know, climbing things, going through things, things are great features and functionality. Those work well on TikTok because they're engaging 15, 30 seconds of entertainment for them. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that is where you put your dealership name at the post roll, right? Not at the beginning because as soon as I see a dealership name in my, in my TikTok feed, I just scroll past it. My best advice, make your ads not look like ads. Right. Don't make your ads look like ads, and they'll be very successful, at least on TikTok and Snapchat. You kind of answered my, my next question, but I, I want to ask it anyway because I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. You know, when, when, when you're looking at doing a social media post, you, know, you, have, you can use images, you can use text, you can use video. I mean, is there, is there a secret sauce, or, or do you need to try everything? Or like, what, like for somebody that's going to try, you know, that's getting into it for the first time, yeah. like what, what advice could you give on, on what to use and, and where yeah. to start? Yeah, you know... Here's what I'll say. I'll break social up into two buckets, organic and paid, right? Mm -hmm. Organic is the SEO of what used to be five years ago, 10 years ago, right? So dealers that had a website and really did SEO early on won the game because they had less money to spend at Google AdWords, right? Mm -hmm. They show up more organically, which means I spend less money on paid ads. Organic social is the exact same way. You need to do organic social. Yes, can you buy your way into the paid environment? Sure. It's just going to cost you in the long run at the end. So I always advise dealers, if you're going to go down a a social strategy, Mm -hmm. make sure it includes organic social media done right, based on engagement, right, and then paid. What does organic social done right look like? If you and I were going to a party, really swanky party, and we both sold cars, we, have, we had a pocket full of business cards that said, Brian and John sell cars. And we go to that party, and all we did was hand out cards and say, I sell cars, I sell cars, I sell cars, I sell cars. It's going to be a very boring party for you and I. Mm-hmm. We're probably not going to be invited back to the party either, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's the way it is. But if we go to that party, and we do what we do best, we walk in, we grab a drink, a soda, a wine, a beer, we start to mingle, we start small conversations, and we get to know people at the party. 
eventually that person will say, Brian, that's fantastic. Tell me what you do. Oh, that's great. I sell X, Y, and Z down the road. That's funny. I, I'm looking for a car. My wife's looking for a car. My daughter's looking for a car. That's how social is designed to be. So if, if you go to your Facebook page today and you scroll through your feed and it's, here's my vehicle delivery, here's my new vehicle, here's my used vehicle, here's another vehicle delivery, here's another new car, here's another used car, you're doing social wrong. Social is designed to be social. You can do all those things, but in between that, in order to get the engagement, you need to have localized content, things that mean something to the community. The pumpkin fest, the autumn harvest fest, the Christmas tree, what the restaurants, the parades, all of that should make it into your feed. I understand they don't have a direct correlation to selling cars, but that is the SEO work that you're doing to make sure the community knows about your store. That's where you get the engagement. Then when you do paid advertising on social media, your costs are lower because you have more fans and more followers over on this side who already know about you, right? So there's right ways and there's wrong ways to do it. There's fast and there's easy, and there's the right way to do it. The right way is organic mm -hmm. with engagement and paid social media to supplement that and talk to people that are not in your sphere of influence, currently organically. So that's how you do, do it the right way. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a great segue into the next, next thing I wanted to talk about. Do you remember the television show, The King of Cars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Vegas. Some, sometimes, you know, sometimes when I look at social media, yeah. uh, there are a lot of people that sell cars that remind me of that show yeah, all they, day, every big, day. They had the big gong, right? Yeah, yeah. they gong stuff. And they'd all, remember they had a blue genie? Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. It was like a circus there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, I look at social media and some of these dealerships and some salespeople, and they have a lot of energy. And, and I actually enjoy this stuff. Yeah. And, 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 but it reminds me of that show sometimes. And so yeah. my, my question is, is, you know, all the people in your dealership have social media and your dealership has a social media. Where do you kind of draw the line on, on letting people just, you know, do whatever they want? I mean, if, if they're representing your store, yeah. do you need rules on, on how they're allowed to represent your store? The question I get answered a lot mm -hmm. uh, or asked a lot. Um, the answer is yes. You need to have rules of engagement in place for your employees when it comes to social media. Yes, they own their own channels. Individuals have a right to have their own Facebook page. Mm -hmm. But as an employee, I believe uh, we have to project that dealership in the best light possible, right? So uh, what a lot of dealers are now doing is they're creating what we call child Facebook pages for their sales team, right, that, uh, that has inventory on it, that has localized information on it, that has all this information on it, that the salesperson has access to and can post to, but the dealership has the overarching authority to either remove posts that may not fit with their culture or their policy, Mm -hmm. or to shut those pages down in the case that the person moves on to a different career somewhere else. So, uh, so that's how uh, I recommend dealers do it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, everybody at the store you know, uh, you know, probably has a Facebook page. They probably have a TikTok page. And yes, that's a great way for them to do their own marketing. And if I was selling cars again, I can guarantee you I would be all over Facebook and TikTok promoting myself at that store level mm -hmm. without any doubt. That service lane sales, I'd be there all day long. Right. So so uh, so how does a dealer really manage that and maintain that? One is with a policy, a written policy of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable up front before the horse leaves the barn. Get that done. Mm -hmm. It gives you the it gives you the position and go back and say, I'm, I'm sorry, Brian, I had to take that post down. Or can you take that post down? Because it doesn't really fit with our culture. Right. It gives you that ability to do that. But when you have a child page that's tied to the main page that the dealership gets to run, 
you really have the ultimate authority of what really happens. But then you could also post inventory on there. There's a lot you can do with those pages and still allow the salespeople to become their own marketing agent, right? Back when I was selling cars initially, Facebook and these things were not there. My Facebook at the time was Home Depot, the local restaurant, the local bars, where I would meet people, engage them socially, and hand them my card and say, if you're looking for a car, please call me up. I could help you out, right? Mm -hmm. That's all now kind of changed to the social media networks. So, uh, so we need, as dealers, to be able to control that to a degree, but give the salespeople the leniency to go out there and market themselves, right? I've got lots of dealers that will um, do a little vig to salespeople if they do market themselves the right way and drive their own traffic to the store. Because as a salesperson, if I'm driving their own traffic directly to me, I have a less chance of being skated, right, for sure, mm-hmm. right? And that becomes a one-to-one conversation that I have with that person. I'm also not using the dealer's marketing dollars, right? The dealer now can use them elsewhere to drive additional traffic into the store while I'm using my own marketing machine to drive my own leads. So that's how I approach that, right? Yeah. I think it's a very important topic. I think dealers should really pay attention to that uh, and make sure they have a, an absolute policy of what is acceptable and not acceptable for their store because each store is different. I've been in thousands of stores. I've never met two that operate the same way. Yeah, you know, I, I would imagine I would imagine that the the lead that engages with you on social media, they probably feel like they have a relationship with you, and I would imagine if they're you know that that the grosses are probably similar to what a referral would look like. You probably make more money. Yeah, have you ever tried to negotiate with your friend to buy something? You don't. Like if they're selling a, a motorcycle or a quad or a car, and you want to buy it, you're like, you want twenty five thousand? I'll give you twenty five thousand for it, Brian. Because we're friends. It's hard to negotiate with your friends. And we all know that, right? And that's the power of social media. As you become friends on social media, and I hear that all the time, I'm friends with that person on LinkedIn. Well, you're, you're probably connected with them, but you're probably not their friend. Yeah, yeah. But as I'm starting to buy a vehicle from you and have a, probably the second largest purchase, you know, vehicles are fifty to $100,000 or more, you know, I want to make sure that the person that I'm dealing with lines up with my personality. I've been in the car business almost 30 years. I've probably bought and sold 100 cars, personally, myself, from, from me and my family. I only deal with people that my personality meshes up with. Mm-hmm. I think that's how most people operate, right? So if I can get to know you on social media and I can have a beginning a forming of a relationship, then chances are when I get into the store and I test drive the car and I take them through the road to the sale and I get to the end, which is how much, it makes it more difficult for you to negotiate with me because now we're friends, yep. right? So... That's how you hold more gross on those deals. Cool. Now, with 30 years of experience in the car business, um, I, I don't have as much. I'm at 23 now. <laughs> unless, unless you count high school. It's I a lot. I, yeah, let's I count parked, it. I parked cars in high school <laughs> yeah, at a dealership. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you remember when, when the internet was coming around. The, oh, this interweb thing, it's a fad. It's going to pass. You know, Websites, ah, we don't need one of those. I'm sure there are still some dealers out there that maybe feel that way about social. So when you have that conversation with somebody that says, ah, I don't need social, like what are the dangers? What are the dangers of not engaging in social media? You know, um, I remember those days vividly. I remember coming off of BBS boards looking for leads and, and no car dealer had a website. And then all of a sudden websites came around and do we have a website or do we not? And I remember those discussions where my dealer principal, who was a major dealer group in the area, and he said, John, I don't know if we should do the internet or not. 
I don't know if my brick and mortar business is going to disappear in favor of the internet. What do you think we should do? And I was a young kid at the time. I was like, wow, this guy's like, this guy's a powerhouse. Like, why would he be asking me this question? Like, this is a lot of weight for me. And I said, honestly, I said, from what I've seen, the car business needs to keep up with the times, not follow, right? Every car dealer I know is progressive and always leading. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to digital, sometimes they pull back on the reins because they're not familiar with it, right? And I understand that. But listen, digital hasn't gone away. Google hasn't disappeared, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Facebook hasn't disappeared. You know, TikTok wasn't really here for the car business two or three years ago. So what I would say to dealers is this. I know it's uncharted territory for you, Mr. and Mrs. Dealer. I understand that completely. And you may not be as familiar with it as, as, or comfortable as you need to be. Please allow us or other vendors in the industry to educate you to be more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going away. Google didn't go away. Google AdWords became more and more prominent inside the dealership to the point where digital marketing managers I've seen now become general managers, right? That was none heard of in 2000. You would never have a BDC director become a general manager, yeah. right? That would never happen. But because digital marketing managers or, or, or the like at a dealership know so much about how the traffic is being driven in, for some, it made a very logical progression into the GM chair, mm-hmm. right? Because now when vendors come in and speak to them about driving traffic, they can understand it. And that's better for the dealership. It's better for the business, right? Yes, you need to know about the back end. Yes, you need to have great people skills. Yes, you need to have all the GM qualities that are out there. But I really, truly believe you need to have that plus how today, as dealers, we're driving traffic into the store and what's working and what's not working. And don't leave it up to just the reports that you're given. Inspect what you inspect, right? If you expected $5,000 to drive 10,000 unique visitors to your website, ask the next question. Did they convert? And if so, at what percentage, right? Mm-hmm. Just ask, the next que- ask that next question. So don't be afraid of it, right? Don't be afraid of social. I know we were all afraid of Google at the time. We were afraid of websites at the time. Don't be afraid of Facebook. Don't be afraid of social media. Don't be afraid of TikTok. Don't be afraid of what comes after TikTok because, yes, there's another one after TikTok. Guaranteed, you know, all day long, something else will form after TikTok and Snapchat and all these other channels. But if you want to stay progressive and you want to really reach people where they spend their most time, dip into the pool. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the deep end. Maybe don't jump into the deep end. You know, kind of wait in the pool, learn more about it like we all did about Google AdWords, right? We all got AdWords certified, analytics certified. I'm a Microsoft certified system engineer as well. I'm a geeky sales guy. I get it. But you don't have to go that deep. But understand how this traffic is benefiting your store because the way I help dealers mm-hmm. and the way social dealer helps dealers is with the same tagline we've always used. Help them sell and service more cars profitably. Without the profitably at the end, it doesn't work in my world because I'm an ex-GM, right? It all has to amount to money. I can help you sell and service more cars, but if I don't make you more money doing it, it doesn't make sense. So you have to be able to transfer your social media into profitability, and that's what we do. Well, I I don't think any conversation about the car business can be complete without touching vehicle acquisition. I mean, finding and sourcing vehicles has been a huge issue for the last few years, a couple years anyway. 
you have any success stories you could share with us about a dealer that's really kind of knocking the cover off the ball, finding vehicles on yeah. social media? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, right? So yeah. uh, vehicle acquisition has been uh, forefront for, I'd say, 18 months. And as we begin to look at the cooling off of the used car business, as we've seen over the past three or four weeks, you know, vehicle acquisition and vehicle sales is coming back into the forefront, right? So, yes, I need to buy, I need to acquire more high-quality pre-owned vehicles, but I also need to sell the ones that are on my lot because the value is dropping, right? Mm-hmm. So up until about two months ago, we didn't have to worry about selling them. But now as new cars start to come back, used car values start to drop. As dealers, we need to look at that valuation, and we need to not drop the price on them. Please, let's not drop the price on those cars. Let's market them to move them to make the profit. The first step should not be to lower the price of the used car. Let's not do that. Right, let's get them marketed, get in front of people, get eyeballs on them, and get them burning gas. But for vehicle acquisition, there's a lot of ways to do it, right? Social, remember, is all about audiences. So what if you're looking to acquire used cars? Could I reach people who might have a, two cars in their driveway and say, would you like to sell us your car? Yeah, I could do that all day long. Does it make more sense to reach people who are currently selling their cars and reach out to them and say, hey, John McAdams, Auto Group wants to buy your car. Mm-hmm. Highest price is paid, more than XYZ, $5,000 over KBB, whatever the price, whatever the, the tagline might be. So remember, I have audience data. So I have audience data for everybody who is selling their car currently on classified listings. Craigslist, OfferUp, Marketplace, right? If I was a dealer, that's where I'd start hunting. People who are currently selling their cars, not thinking they're selling their cars or predictively going to sell their car, but they are literally selling their cars. And let's take those people and market to them. But let's be smart. Let's go after the people that you uh, that own the cars that you sell the most of for the most gross, the fastest. You get that through reports. You use car selling reports, turn reports. So if you know you sell these particular years, model, and makes the fastest for the most money, let's go find more of them. Put a message in front of them that you want to buy their car. Let's not go after the one that you have on your lot for, you know, 90 days and, and starting to, you know, get a little old. Let's, mm-hmm. not, let's not worry about those. We don't want any more of those. So use the data to your benefit that's out there. Just be smart with it, right? Like, you know they're already selling their car. You know what kind of cars you want to buy. You know what kind of cars you want to sell. So let's go get more of those people in the funnel to come to your store so you can buy them. Now, here's an interesting twist on that. A dealer friend of mine who's also a client said, John, I want that data, but I don't want to retell out of them. So I sat there, and I was like, where is this guy going? Like, I don't know where he's going with this. Like, help me out. He said, I want to buy everybody who's selling a used car between $1,000 and $12,000, maybe $15,000. I said, okay, I'm following you. I said, but you're not going to retell them. He goes, I don't, I'm never going to put them through the shop. I'm going to wholesale them back out. I'm making an entire wholesale division, a profit center of my dealership, by buying lower-end used cars and then wholesaling them back out. Maybe 800 bucks, maybe 1000 bucks a copy, right? And if he does 50 of those a month, he's got $50,000 net profit. Oh, wow. Remember, no, nothing goes through the shop, no safety check. I'm literally just taking them in, flipping the title, and, and get rid of them again. Back when I was a GM, if you made that kind of money on wholesale, something was wrong. There was something wrong inside the dealership if you're making $50,000 a month in wholesale profit, right? Today, because of the situation we're in, that's a whole new profit center. So you could use social to do the same thing. 
same people selling their cars. Instead of the retail cars, you now want to go after the wholesale market, right? And then wholesale them, wholesale them back out again. So uh, we have dealers doing that all the time now. And then remember, because the used car market is kind of taking a dip right now, right? We all know that. It's not, it's not hidden. It's important to use social media to move those cars. So a lot of people will speak to GMs or owners and say, Mr. Owner, Mrs. Owner, what's the oldest car you have on your lot? Let's get that one moving and burning gas. I fully agree, by the way. But let's also find the most expensive car that you either couldn't get on a full floor plan or is on floor plan used, by the way, and let's get that one off the books, right? That's as critical or as important as the car that's been here in 90 days, right? Because if you didn't put that car on floor plan, let's say for whatever reason it's a $90,000 car, that's hard money out of the bank. Yeah. That's hard money out of the bank, right? So I need to move that one more than I need to move the $12,000 car that's been here for 45 days. From a financial cash flow perspective, that makes more sense. So that's how I kind of, and our team educates the dealer. Like, yes, we have access to all the inventory. We know how what the age is. We have a process to get rid of those old cars that are new or used. But let's also look at the ones that are maybe have the highest dollar value, cash flow value to the store. Mm -hmm. Let's get the eyeballs on them and move them out as well. So I believe in vehicle acquisition 100%. I think we should still do vehicle acquisition. I think we should definitely sell what we have on our lot. And if it's getting a little old, let's, let's get rid of those. But let's get the eyeballs on them. Let's not make that first move to drop the price. Let's, let's, not, let's not do the easy thing, yeah. drop the price. Let's get the eyeballs on it and then move the car and make the gross that we need to offer that car before we just drop the price. John, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we go? You know, I'd say, Brian, in, I know social media in the car business is still relatively new for mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, and we talked about it b before. Don't be afraid of social media. D d don't be, right? And we were all afraid of Google when it got here and AdWords and, and things like that. But, you know, in, in my perspective, and Social Dealer has been around for well over 15 years now, um, and, uh, and social media really has really come into the automotive space about three or four years ago. It's on fire. It is literally on fire. And dealers can literally, literally be using social media to drive lots of traffic and eyeballs. Just make sure you get good advice on it, right? Um, make sure you're with somebody who understands social, from an organic and a paid perspective. Make sure that you have key benchmarks and KPIs set up in advance, mm -hmm. right? Let's not, let's not wing it and say, John, will this sell me 15 cars? Let's, let's, let's stop that. Let's talk about traffic and leads and cost per click and cost per thousand and how many cars did I sell or how many ROs did I write on top of it or how many more lines per row did I write? Because I now started marketing to people who declined work two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. you, you, you came in for an RO. I said you need the brakes and tires. You declined the brakes and tires. You had the windshield wipers replaced. Well, let's market to those people on social media that now it's a great time as we move into the, into the season. They have brakes and tires, right? Are you, are you able to target them? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah we so, have full access so, to DMS. So, so, if I, so if I don't, like I come in and I don't get the tires done, but you recommended it, mm -hmm. you're able to target me as an individual with yeah. a message that says, Brian, you know, not Brian, but, you know, that says, come get your tires. Yeah, not Brian, but, uh, but you go into an audience, what we call declined work, because in the DMS, when you, when you decline a line, it shows up as declined work. Uh -huh. Many dealers will have a service BDC, and some people don't have a BD, service BDC, and those declined work items never get touched. Mm -hmm. They just float into the abyss. 
why not, you know, we have access to the DMS, it automatically flows into our system, so why not just take those people that fall into that category for declined work, you tell us what declined work you want us to market to, and then they get the message, hey, now's a great time to come back and we have a buy three, get one tire free special or, you know, a $99 break special, whatever the special may be, mm -hmm. but that's a huge opportunity for dealers in fixed ops or recalls, right? Open recalls I have access to as well, right? So, so when you really think about it, social has the ability to speak to pretty much anybody in your DMS at any point, but as well as conquest. Because I know everybody who's driving your brand in your market that doesn't do business with you, right? So when you really start thinking about social, think about audiences. Mm -hmm. Think about how you would do this if you were, you know, 20 years ago. How would you market to John driving my brand in my development but doesn't have my license plate tag on the back? Like, that would drive my dealer crazy. Like, she would walk in and she's like, John, I drove to the end of the block, and she, that person is driving my brand but doesn't have my tag bracket on it. And I'd say, well, how do you expect me to fix that, right? The way to fix that is make sure that they know about the dealership and they know that about the brand and they know about the great service you're going to get when you go there mm -hmm. so that they want to go there. Because that is the key, right? It's all about customer experience at this point. It's not about I can't find that particular vehicle anywhere else. Maybe now with inventory shortages. But Google leveled that playing field. Right? Websites leveled that playing field. OEMs leveled that playing field. If you're looking for that exact model, I'll tell you which store has it. Even if it's five stores away, I'll tell you which store has that. But one thing I learned early on working at top, that top 25 dealer group um, was this. I thought everybody knew our name. Mm -hmm. Like, I th we get blinded by that. I thought everybody knew the name of my dealer group, right? I was like, everybody in the entire world must know about this dealer group because we're a top 25 dealer group. If I went 50 miles west, you know what they didn't know? They didn't know my dealer group, and they didn't have no idea what brands of cars I sold, mm -hmm. right? So we need to understand that that's the consumer's mentality. It's not so much the name of the dealership or the brand. When they're ready, they'll select your brand, and then they'll select your dealership. Our job is to make sure that when they're thinking about the brand, they think about the brand and think about the dealership and go to you, either walk in, traffic, submit a social lead. That's our job as marketers, to make sure that when they're ready to buy, they go to that dealer that's our client. That's, that's, that's neat. Now, that, when I ran a BDC, I mean, it was a long time ago, yeah. but you, know, you have like your A calls, B calls, C calls, D calls, uh, the we we had yeah. the the decline service, but yeah. I don't, and, and I had five people in there. I don't yeah. think that we ever made it to that bucket. Like the phone was ringing. Yeah. We have unsold traffic from yesterday. We've got you know people are coming off lease. There's all these like shiny objects floating around. Oh, like yeah. and 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 those decline services. I I had that list, mm -hmm. but I don't know that we ever ever made it to it because we couldn't you, get through the other things. Then so you get the galley list from the OEM. Then you get this list from here. You got the parade cert, you know, the sweepstakes list you got to call. I mean, you know, the, a BDC is run on math, right? And if you just simply do the math, if 100 leads come in and, uh, and 10 of those people, 20 of those people show, that leaves 80 leads that didn't show that now need to be followed up next month. Next month, you have 100 more leads plus the 80 that didn't show. So now you have 180 leads. In four, and those are very low lead numbers, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, just for simple math in my head. Yeah. After four or five months, mm -hmm. you're jammed with leads, right? And you're just dialing for dollars and emailing and dialing for dollars and hoping the new people come in or the cherry pickers that you can get done. And the last thing that usually gets done 
are the galley leads lists and declined work. Yet yeah. declined work is probably the easiest to get back in the door because they've already been there. They know they need the work is done, and the seasons are always changing, right? Yet a lot of BDCs don't have a pay plan in place for, for declined work, right? I have, you get so much for the appointment made, you get so much for the appointment that shows, you get so much for the appointment that closes, right? It's the same old model that's been here forever, yep. right? But at the end of the day, not many people, or dealers have said, well, okay, well, if I have you work the declined work list, and out of that list, let's call it 100 ROs, I get 30 of those ROs back in, and the average per RO is $300 or $400. Well, that should be factored into a pay plan somewhere, right? Yeah. So uh, especially now, you know, I know service departments are, are bulging with work. People are holding on to their cars longer. So that's great for the service departments, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Although we're, now we're getting kind of stocked, you know, stacked in deep. But declined work for me would be an easy home run, just like service lane sales. As I said before, you put me back on the floor, I will do service lane sales, and I will do declined work, and I will... Be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> great. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today, John. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is a great studio. I had a great time. I, I'm glad you're bringing awareness of social to the car dealership world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we uh, we try to educate everywhere we go. Like we said, you know, not only on, on your show, you know, we have our podcast as well. Um, so <clears throat> we do a lot of training at NEDA Academy as well. So so we want to get the word out. And, and mm-hmm. thanks for having us here today, because I, I I hope that this helped uh, your listeners and, and your uh, Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for this Auto Success Executive Spotlight. Today, my guest was John McAdams from Social Dealer. Hope to see you again soon.